This is the Wedding Experience Podcast with me, Shay Dooley. All right. Hey, listen, everybody. Um, the title of today's podcast episode is going to seem like it might be a little bit negative, but the reality is that we are doing this specifically to talk to you about things that we've seen in the wedding industry, uh, having lots and lots of years of experience, hosting hundreds and hundreds of events at this point. I'm here not to tell you what are big mistakes, but how to avoid them. Think of it that way. And I've got five top ones couple of these you've heard me talk about before, and that's okay because I'm just going to reiterate the value of and the importance of each one of these. So let's dive in. And the very first one that I'm going to talk about is underestimating experience. If you've listened to some of my other podcast episodes, I constantly talk about whether it's your venue or the vendors. This is a highly fragmented industry, meaning It is owned by uh, small business owners typically because it's very, very challenging to scale this business, meaning open up multiple venues or having quite a few different locations if you're a vendor. Um, Even the employees themselves, it's really hard to, to scale that to add a bunch of employees because so much of what you do is intimate and it is about a personalized experience and it's really challenging to do that um, in multiple locations. So it's possible, but the one thing that I'm going to reiterate and go back to is underestimating the value of experience. This is one that I can speak from uh, from a, a very humble place. Is I think back when we first started. I mean, it's a, quite a few years ago now, but when we first started, the weddings were fantastic. I mean, I don't think we've ever had a wedding that I was not extremely proud of. Always areas to learn and to improve. But if I think about from that first wedding to where we are now, um, it's just night and day different. It's not, it's, not, it's not about effort. It's not about intentions. It's just truly about having the experience. And, and that's with anything. Um, I would caution, depending on if, if you have a high budget, um, if you're into that luxury category um, and you have a significant budget, I would not use inexperience as a place to save money or to even reinvest it into other areas. Um, Any vendor is going to agree and any venue owner is going to agree that one vendor, one wrong vendor could actually has the capacity to tank your wedding. I mean, it's it's true. I've seen it happen. Uh, Not that the entire wedding uh, was terrible, but we've had clients come up to us about uh, a vendor that either showed up late or they lost something, or they didn't realize a detail. And that one detail made a huge impact on the overall flow of the wedding. So one of the things that I recommend is you can definitely look at reviews. Um, Reviews are one thing, um, but I would also say that just longevity, how many events, and then referrals are always going to be a huge, uh, huge piece, right? We we tend to get um, a vast majority of our clients from referrals, and that's just years and years of delivering great experiences. So if you can, always start with a referral. If you can't get a referral, then you can start to look into reviews. But like I said, the higher your budget, um, you're, if you're looking for uniqueness or something that's just really uh, incredible, 
if you're going to shortcut on experience, just make sure that it's not a vendor that's going to make a massive impact on your wedding. Um, or it's one that if the overall experience that they delivered wasn't perfect, you would be okay with that. That would be my only exception. You also probably need to get uh, tough skin because this is someone that you'll develop a relationship with. And if you're not comfortable telling them, hey, this didn't look right or uh, I'm not happy with this and you're not okay with just uh, kind of dismissing them on the day of your wedding, it's going to make it challenging. And again, when I say that, you can't dismiss 90% of vendors. There's only a very small uh, set of them that are doing something that's not going to make a massive impact on your wedding. So I hope I've said that enough. Uh, don't do not shortcut on experience, um, especially if you have a higher budget. If it's DIY or you really don't mind and it's still very low key wedding, uh, we don't typically have those at our venue. But if you do fall into that category, then a more of a, um, a college graduate or somebody that's just getting into an industry, um, as long as you are kind of uh, have clear expectations and you know that there's always risk with that, then that is acceptable. Um, and, and again, that's just my opinion. Okay, let's go to number two. Um, none of these are in order of priority um, because I would say number two is one of the biggest ones that I would recommend is never ever hire a friend to be, and this is where everyone's gonna get upset, a planner or a coordinator. Listen, I uh, appreciate, you know, the the one in a hundred that can pull it off. It's not about talent. I'm going to reiterate this again. It's not about your friend or your family member's um, talent level. It is purely about the overall professional relationship that you would have with a coordinator or a planner. I'm going to sit here. I'm going to tell you 100% that we have had amazing weddings that a friend or a family member have either planned. Um, I would I would say plan, not necessarily coordinate, because they're very they're two different uh, things. Planning is really around you know maybe sourcing vendors, maybe looking at aesthetic value, helping make selections. Coordination is completely different. I strongly, strongly encourage you to find a venue that has in-house coordination because um, I will flat out tell you that our coordination, because we know our venue, because we know how things flow, because we've seen everything, we make it a requirement to use our coordination. In fact, I say requirement, but it's included in our packages because running a timeline is not something you want to outsource. A timeline is not something you want to outsource. It can be done. I've seen it done. But this is one where, you know, I have to, you know, really tout and brag on our team. I think that in-house coordination is huge. So let's go back to the planning side. If you do have somebody that does light planning, um, it's okay, I guess. But I would highly either recommend hiring a professional wedding planner or finding a venue that can help on things like decorations, which we do now, and to really help curate that experience. So why am I adamant about this? Um, I told you that 95% of the time, um, uh, I would recommend not having a family or a friend member because I have also heard, uh, cause I don't work the weddings, but, uh, my wife and our entire team does, it can be really, really challenging. And we've seen things just kind of fall apart from a timeline perspective to the point where our team had, before we, before we even had coordination offered, 
uh, or sorry, not offered. We've always offered it, but before we made it required, we would actually have to step in uh, and help uh, build up and, and carry that timeline forward because people underestimate how challenging that is. The other thing that I would um, really caution you to think about is if your family or friend is doing it for free, um, that's another, that's just a business practice I don't recommend is doing anything for free because when you hire somebody to do something for free, they are going to uh, associate the level that you paid them with the level of work expectation. Um, I hope that, uh, you know, for the, the one in a hundred that have a great relationship with a friend or family member and you're listening to this and, you know, I, I'm, I'm all for it, right? I'm speaking to the 99% of people um, that would hire someone and the week before the wedding, uh, the friend or family member says, I'm too busy. I can't do this anymore. They buckle under the stress and then you are uh, stuck fixing it, figuring it out and it was free. So what leverage do you have? Um, I, I really encourage you to think, uh, really hard about that and find a venue that offers in-house coordination. And I wouldn't outsource that. And, uh, if you are going to outsource it, I definitely would not do it with family and friends. Okay. Um, let's go to number three and that's underestimating the cost of the extra things. This is one of those things that we've learned from hosting luxury uh, weddings and events. And now we've really started with our um, our extension of Champagne Culture, which hosts formal events. Um, and if you haven't been to one, you have to go. They're absolutely incredible. But it's all of the extra expenses that I've always underestimated that you're going to start um, underestimating if you're not intentional. So what do I mean by extras? It's not about necessarily the photo booth. It is not about your DJ. It's not about the food and beverage. It's all of the expenses that come in the last couple weeks. And you need to know about things like, for instance, if your venue charges service charges, uh, fees, gratuities, insurance, um, uh, event insurance that you have to pay for, those are all things that are going to add up and they are going to be substantial cost if you have not budgeted them. Um, some venues can be 20% plus on gratuity charges and fees. We don't charge those because of the bad experience that my wife and I had when we got married. So that's always been just a foundational thing that we don't charge service fees, gratuity charges, um, insurance fees, extra um, staffing, uh, intangible fees. Those are some of the extras that you will pay a fortune for if you do not budget and you're not aware of some of those. The other things are just the small little decorations. Most people always underestimate if you don't have a wedding planner, you're underestimating the cost of filling your tables with centerpieces. And if you haven't thought about that and you get down to the wire and all of a sudden you realize that you can't get something in time from a shipping standpoint, you'll, you can spend a small fortune on just extra centerpieces and decorations, the little small details that um, start to pile up. And a lot of people will wait until, you know, the last couple of weeks to think about that or even to stage a table. And that's wherever those expenses can really start to come in. Um, again, most of what I would say on the extras are just the little details, but if you've been listening to my podcast for a long time, you know that the details are where everything happens in higher end upscale weddings. 
you really have to focus on the extreme details. And if you don't budget for that, um, it's really going to hurt. I would recommend that, you know, if you booked like uh, if you're booked a uh, Harper's uh, bride or groom, a couple or even a formal event, then um, we have an in-house team that can help around um, decor. We just started uh, really expanding our packages. So some of them we include, some are add-on, but the benefit is that you have a dedicated team that focuses on the decorations. And then you also have a team that can really be upfront with what those costs are going to be. If not, then you're, I, I would, I mean, depending on your overall budget, I would add a few thousand dollars, if not uh, make it a percent, 20, 20% above what your budget is for all the small little things that are going to add up the last couple weeks that you just weren't thinking about. Again, that's the difference between hiring a wedding planner and doing it yourself. Um, you might still come out ahead from a cost perspective, but the real reason why people hire wedding planners or they go to more of an inclusive venue with enough staff uh, and in-house coordination is to alleviate the stress. It's to provide convenience, it's to provide direction, and you're paying for that experience. You're not paying just for the decorations, you're paying for that experience, which goes back to number one, right? Whenever we talked about underestimating the value of experience. Okay, number four is a good one, and uh, I'm gonna crush some people's dreams, but that's okay, um, because um, I'm gonna give you the advice to fix that. All right. So don't be upset when I say this, because you can always go back and just put a different lens on this. If you were to go to Pinterest right now or some of the other uh, wedding websites that help from more of a, you know, inspiration standpoint around decor or trends, I would say that um, experiences and decorations that you will find are often they will appear to be unique. But you do need to think about when you're planning a wedding, you're usually on average, it's going to be done anywhere from 12 to 16 months. That is the typical amount of time, at least what we see from our clients' perspectives. Now, um, because of COVID, we've actually become incredibly efficient. I mean, we've planned weddings in less than two weeks. And to be candid with you, they pulled off just as strong as some of the ones that were two years in the planning. Um, but, but here's what I would say. Whatever you find on Pinterest now, everyone's going to be doing it at the time that you get married. And this is going to be something that is going to be, um, I'm, not, I'm not trying to add complexity, but I'm just being realistic with you. I've seen this year after year after year that if you go to Pinterest and you type in wedding trends, um, that is exactly what every other person is going to do. That's what everybody does. They get on Pinterest. They find trends on either decor, um, little experiences, and it's exciting. And you think, oh, my gosh, it's just going to be you that's doing that. And then, fa uh, you know, fast forward, then you realize that everybody has the same decorations. Everybody's doing the same thing on uh, by the time you get to your wedding. Right. You're not going to see that over the next 12 to 16 months. And then all of a sudden it's like completely saturated as a trend. So it's not all doomsday. Here are just things that I would recommend. You can definitely find overall trends on Pinterest. You can find them through some of the other websites that help from a kind of a either DIY or an inspiration standpoint. I would recommend if you are in that luxury category with a significant budget and really it's more about the experience than it is about your budget, 
I would recommend that you take some of those ideas and concepts and work with a great coordinator or a great wedding planner to really take it up a notch. There are so many things that I see on Pinterest that it's like, it's very trendy. And then I'm like, yeah, it's really cliche. Like we actually see that all the time. So add one extra element. Think about one different variation of that experience. And that's really where the magic's going to take place. And I promise you, so so take that little concept, work with your venue, work with a coordinator, or even find a, uh, a vendor that can just make a slight adjustment. So maybe it's instead of, you know, uh, your, your initials on a cup or a koozie, they might change it to something more special. They might use the venue or they might have a better idea to make something personalized, still the same concept that you want, but it's not something that every other person is doing. So again, it's just a little bit of planning and a little bit of collaboration with some of your wedding partners and you can really make that happen. Decor is another one. Um, again, this one is absolutely 100%. If you're going to do a you know wedding trend color of you know whatever year your wedding is, uh, just understand, and I, you have to trust me. I've seen this year after year. Whatever you're going to find is going to be not just your colors, but everybody's color uh, for that trend. And here's the other piece. That's completely fictitious. It's completely made up. Um, the people that are writing those blogs, just because you because they say these are the top five trending colors, yeah, maybe they are, but that just sells great advice, right? It gets you to the blog. What I would recommend is you either work with um, somebody that does decorations, planning, or coordination. Tell them about overall some of your overall color concepts. See what inventory they have. And uh, you can really make something special from that standpoint. So instead of following trends that you're likely going to follow in the same bucket that everyone else is doing, put just a little bit of collaboration in there and you can make something extremely special. All right. Number five, this one, I have said at least 10 to 20 episodes over the last four or five years since I've been doing this. This is the ultimate. And you have to understand that we don't offer this service in-house. There's a reason why. There's a reason why this last one, number five, comes up over and over again. And I'm about to share it with you. It is. Do not ever go cheap on a DJ. Do not pick an inexperienced DJ. If you do not listen to anything else that I say... It is do not select a bad DJ. Uh, we don't offer this. So you can take my advice 100%. In fact, I hope you, I hope that you trust me uh, in general um, just because of the experience and because our, the intent is to help uh, master these weddings, whether you choose our venue or not. But this one is uh, hands down the, the one that will crush a wedding is hiring a bad DJ. A DJ will help the overall flow. They make the music fantastic. They will make the difference between people dancing and not dancing. They can make a wedding go from uh, extravagant to um, uh, not extravagant, uh, to put it lightly. There are a lot of things that could go wrong by hiring someone that does not have experience. You need to have a DJ. You need to have someone that professionally manages their playlist they've curated with you and 
the the better the DJ, the more you can see on videos, on reviews, on referrals, hiring the best DJ, hands down, would be one of the best ways to really um, drive the experience for your wedding. Now, I've given you five. I will tell you there are ones that um, are actually probably a lot more crucial than these. You know, I can go on and on. In fact, maybe I'll do another episode. You know, there are, there are things that like, you know, I've said in the past, like overly listening to family and friends, uh, especially ones that might have gotten married 20 or 30 years ago. And the flow of weddings is just different. Sorry, but not, I'm not sorry. That's just the truth. The way that weddings are ran right now it's nothing like they were back in that time, um, and the flow is different. the The experience is different, and that's really what these episodes are for: is to really modernize and help you be inspired for your wedding. But there are things that are staples, like running out of food would be an absolute catastrophe. Like just can't happen. I've talked many times about making sure that you have at least a bar tab, um, and for sure, ideally, open bar. And uh, for luxury events, 100%, if you have a big budget, you you have to have an open uh, bar. There are all kinds of other ones. Um, you know, not having uh, transportation options is another one that I would always recommend, whether your guests are, you know, two blocks from a hotel or they drive two hours to a destination, whatever that looks like, I always recommend, um, you know, either a shuttle is always ideal or other means of transportation. But that number five, the DJ piece, um, I can't let, I, I just can't let that go. I've seen this. I see the difference between a, you know, 10 out of 10 and, you know, a four out of 10. You got to have a good one. Okay. So I hope that helps. Let's just recap. We talked about underestimating the value of experience, whether it's the venue or the vendors. Um, and if you have a larger budget, you need to go for experience above all else, reputation and experience. Uh, second, asking a friend to coordinate or plan your wedding. I highly, highly advise that you do not do that. Um, you do need to plan if you're not working with an in-house planner or a coordination team. You do need uh, to make sure that you budget for some of the extra expenses that will come in the last couple weeks prior to your wedding. Number four, using Pinterest as a way to drive uh, the decor and the experiences of your wedding. Listen, if you're all for it and you just want to have that trendy wedding, there's nothing wrong with that. Just understand it's not going to be unique. Whatever shows up on the first page of Pinterest will likely be what everyone else will be doing in 12 to 16 months uh, as you start to execute your wedding. And number five, I talk about this all the time. Do not hire a bad DJ. Make great connections with your venue and ask for recommendations on who the best DJ is. And if you are, again, in that high budget category where, you know, it's not about the budget, it's more about the experience, you need to hire the best of the best DJ. Um, I would I would literally, I, I'm going to be humble and say that it's equally as important as, you know, food and drinks and transportation. The DJ will make a huge difference. All right. So with that being said, I appreciate it. Hopefully this was wildly helpful and I look forward to connecting you with you all soon. Give me a rating or review on Apple uh, iTunes and I would appreciate it. Talk to you soon. Bye.